Whatever you believe becomes your reality. This is Shana Weldon. Thank you for tuning in. It is time to elevate your life. Welcome to the podcast that will inspire you to become your best self and pursue what you truly desire in life. And it all starts now. I'm super excited and grateful to be speaking to you, Greg Clunas. And some people may know you as the host of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, which is a top-ranked self-help podcast focused on personal development. And it is just an absolute honor to be speaking with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This this has been a long time in the making, but it's it's a pleasure to finally be here. For me as well. In your episodes, you articulate this idea that we have this huge pressure from our society that tells us to constantly be working towards something in order to feel good. And I totally resonated with your words. I felt the same way from high school to college to post-grad. I always feel like I'm needing to be working towards something in order to feel good. And you have this awareness around this topic. So I want to ask you, how did you first realize this or even become aware of this in our society? Honestly, it's just really from like examining my own behavior and and spending a lot of time over the last few years learning about myself. Uh, So the quick background and context, uh, I'm an immigrant. I moved to the US when I was seven or eight. And I had kind of like the typical immigrant story. So I I watched my parents make sacrifices and, and hard choices and so on and so forth. And I took that very seriously. When when I as I was growing up, seeing that happen, uh, I had this deep, deep sense of feeling like I needed to repay them in some way or or show them that all of those hard choices were worth it or um, just trying to carry the baton to the next person, I think. Um, and that was deeply, deeply ingrained and still is in many ways. Fast forward uh, 2017, my father passed away. And one of my biggest goals in my life has always been to retire my parents. That had been seen as oh. like the, that was the 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 proof. That was going to be the moment when it was proven like what you did was worth it. Look at how well I'm doing, so on and so forth. Um, so I, I built this up in my mind over the years. And when he passed, it was this immediate recognition that I had built all of my goals around something I didn't have control over. Um, like even if I had been whatever degree of wealthy at that point, he wasn't ready to retire then. And even if he was ready to retire, I wasn't at the degree of wealth needed to be able to support him in that. And, and so he passed away, making it impossible for me to achieve this goal that I had built much of my life and career around. And it hit me that that could happen again. I mean, knock on wood, I my, my mom's doing great, but anything can happen. And I, I just had this immediate realization that all of this drive and ambition that I'd had came naturally to me in a lot of ways, but also was tied into wanting to serve somebody else and wanting to do it for somebody else. Um, And that led me on what has now been a six-year journey of 
asking myself, like, why am I working so hard? What is it that I'm actually trying to work towards? Uh, how important are these things that I've grown up thinking were goals for myself? How important are they actually to myself? Um, and and really just questioning who I am on a, a really fundamental level. But after that moment, it it really created this shift of wanting to better understand why we do what we do and why we're all so focused and obsessed with the things that we are. I think a blessing definitely came out because what you talk about in the podcast has completely changed people's lives and how they view it and what they're working towards and why they're working towards it. And you have created a blessing in the podcast. And um, as one of your listeners, I want to thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. I I joke and I, I want to make this this clear to the listeners that this is a joke. But I, I do say in the end of my book that in a lot of ways, my dad gave me direction by passing. Um, it very much was a blessing that I wish never happened, obviously, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt has made me into a better person and a better thinker. I don't know where the joke is. I I see <laughs> like I'm waiting. I just to, don't want to I'm, come across as insensitive. No, no, um, no. It, it comes across that I don't want to sound sensitive either. I feel about to, and I and I don't want to. But um, no, like passing and being born is a part of our life that we see as so taboo. I think we don't talk about it. And when someone passes away, it takes something to create a life and to see the beauty in it, which I I can't even start to comprehend. That's how I view it as what you're saying. Yeah. That's a good perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that you set up your life towards wanting to have to have your dad be able to retire. He passes away. And then how did you collect yourself and restate what your purpose is or what you're working towards? I wouldn't say that I have. Um, it's, it's been a very long journey and I'll be honest, I, it's been six years. I still don't know where the destination is at this point. I would say that while navigating the grief of it and navigating the responsibilities that have come since then and the, the dramatic changes, one of the things that happens and, and not to um, to, to bum anyone out too much. But one of the things that happens when you lose someone is you start to realize all of the things that they were holding together that you just never noticed before because they did such a great job with it. But throughout all of that, I think the main thing that has served me the, the most has been this running question in the background of what do I want? And, and, learning to ignore the immediate answer because the immediate answer for me often is what I'm trying to do for others, um, especially when it comes to my family. Mm -hmm. And often I have to dig a little bit deeper to figure out what it is I actually want or even to get a direction of what it is I might actually want in a situation. I feel that most people don't even know they can ask themselves that question of what do I truly want? I don't think people ask because they don't know. Mm -hmm. What first steps can someone take to discover and get clear on what they want in their life? I think it's a lot of listening to yourself and to, to others. 
one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the last six years and in, in this journey of trying to better understand myself has been learning that there are a number of different ways to listen to yourself. So when I first started the podcast, I spoke about uh, journaling and meditation purely from their like mindfulness and and mental health uh, properties and, and the benefits that they have there. But they also serve as a phenomenal way to hear your own voice. And when you're on this journey and choosing to better understand who you are as a person, one of the things you need to do that I find most people are honestly maybe a little bit afraid of is spend time with yourself and and be with yourself in that silence, whether it's through meditation or journaling or um, uh, just sitting and thinking about uh, what it is you want and asking yourself the question. But we don't spend a lot of time with ourselves. We're, we're kind of always reacting to things and taking those practices of turning off and being with yourself, I think, is probably the best place to start. I totally agree. When I was doing engineering in school and halfway through, I discovered that I want to be a podcast host. Like my total identity was completely changed and switched. And I had no idea what to do. And so I started literally doing going on hikes and sitting on top of mountains by myself with a journal. Mm. Yeah. And just thinking and being away from everything so I can figure yeah. out like who I was and who I wanted to be. And it's crazy because some people I would tell this to and they thought, oh, that's so great. I want to come with you. I'm like, no, you cannot. This is my own thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or they go do their own thing. And some people, when they say, what did you do today? And I said, I went for a hike on the mountain. And they look at me crazy. And yeah. I looked at them crazy, though, that valuing ourselves and taking time for ourselves is not seen as, like, quote, productive or good. Yeah. And that is crazy to me. Yeah. This is something I've been um, exploring a lot more in my own life as well, is that question of what is considered productive and why is it that the things that help us to connect with ourselves and understand what it is we want often aren't viewed as productive at all. The thing that I think we're missing is, uh, and, and I've started to use the term, how do I be more effective instead of productive? Because knowing who you are, understanding what you want, understanding how you work, how you learn, taking the time to learn is an incredibly effective use of your time that leads to more productivity over over the long haul. But those activities themselves aren't classified as productive. So at least in my own life and something mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to on the show in the past, I've started to focus less on how do I be more productive and focus much more on how do I become more effective. That is a really interesting shift. I know also on your podcast, you talked about creativity and I personally resonate with the word creativity because as an artist, I say as an artist, I just see it as someone who is able to like fully express themselves into the world and truly express who they are with alignment from internal to the external world. If this is making sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Creativity brings that, whereas productivity is seen as the opposite. But in a world where we are trying to become ourselves, being productive it holds so much value on who we are. And if that wasn't the value that we hold, that we would hold ourselves, 
how would we value ourselves? Mm. If it wasn't on what we did, how would we express who we are or what we're all about? Yeah. The value systems that we each hold for ourselves and for our immediate uh, uh, family tend to come from the societies that we live in and how we choose to structure those things. In one of your episodes, I think that you are asking yourself about productivity and you say, why does it matter so much to me? And then you answer it by saying, because I was told that it should matter to me. How, Mm. yeah, that, I hope you understand like how powerful that is. So many people can relate, and I definitely did with a lot of things in my life, how I value something. And when I ask myself why, I realize that just because somebody told me I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such an interesting perspective when you shift it and you realize that, first off, like you are, you're the controller of your thoughts and you create your life and you can choose what you value and to realize what was told that you should value and what you intrinsically value. Mm-hmm. How does someone decipher those? That's a really great question. And I think being able to hear your own voice is a really, really challenging thing. Like being able to tune out everything that's being placed on you by society, your family, your friends, anyone you love that you keep close, people who are just random strangers. So being able to hear what your individual thoughts, needs, desires are in that is incredibly difficult and insanely valuable. What I've found for myself is it requires an enormous amount of thinking and an enormous amount of purposeful isolation, I'll call it. Uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean being alone. When I go out for a nature walk with my wife, we I have an enormous amount of thinking. We are able to go back and forth and bounce off of each other. Um, So the isolation piece doesn't have to be by yourself. It just means being cut off from the external voices that are stopping you from from hearing your own. That's how you eventually get there. And I definitely wouldn't say that I'm there uh, either. When you are in that space, what is your experience? For me, and not everyone is this way, but I've been this way since I was a kid. It's very cerebral and it's very out of body, Um, not in any sort of like trance kind of way. But growing up, I had a very long history of just like spacing out randomly and kind of being gone for a little while. And that's when I'm I'm thinking. And when I'm thinking in that way, I'm I'm typically like I feel very disconnected from my body. Um, so for me, that's what the experience is like, but I know plenty of people who their experience is much more physical and they have that experience when they are doing something with their body. Whereas for me, it's much more when I'm able to leave my body, I guess. I think it's incredible. You're able to reach such a state that people like people consume things to get here, right? They fly to remote locations around the world to get this, to really be in touch with themselves. People might get it when they're driving through the desert or the mountains and they'll look at a mountain and they'll think for that one second what they're doing with the world, why they're here, but they'll put it away, right? Mm. Because they're not used to that feeling 
of out of body or I say really in touch with yourself and realizing that we are spiritual beings in a physical body. And I think it's very freeing. And if people would give themselves the time to get with themselves, then they can create incredible changes in their life and move towards who they want to be. Also, I um, I was so excited to speak with you. And I was like, <laughs> like screeching at like a really high pitch before you got on because I just, <laughs> I was so excited. And I had so much excitement because I listen to your podcast and I'm able to speak with you about it. And I am trying to find the words to articulate that you talk about productivity in people's life and you bring it to a state where people can understand. And sometimes I'll read books about this or listen to other people's podcasts and they have great ideas, but they're not able to articulate it in a way where almost anybody can get it and apply it to their life. And I just want you to know that you do that really well. And I, I hope, I hope that. yeah, I hope that you are aware and know this. Well, I'm glad think, that it was able to to help you in some small way. Mm-hmm. I want to say thank you again to Greg. And this was such a phenomenal conversation. We spend our entire lives doing things for ourselves. We have goals that we claim that we value. We have things that we're trying to get in life, reasons for why we're succeeding. And we claim that we know these reasons, but we don't because we don't spend the time to be with ourselves. And we're actually afraid to be with ourselves and we're afraid what we would say. And Greg does an incredible job at taking his life and creating what he wants out of his life. And he does that by asking himself questions like, what do I value? Why am I working so hard? What is it that I am trying to work towards? And these goals that I was raised with thinking that they're super important, well, how important are they actually for myself? And he was forced to do this because of his father passing away. And his whole identity of success and why he was working so hard vanished. And he had to recreate of why he was working hard and what he was working hard towards. And that is absolutely incredible. And so I hope you took that away. This will also be a two-part series. And in the next episode, we're going to be talking about how we have these goals for ourselves and how we constantly move the goalposts in our life so that we're not able to actually achieve that goal. But that's the next episode. And I thank you again for listening. I really, really thank you.